Welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness, where we explore health, fitness, transitioning, and queer life from beyond the binary. Proudly brought to you by Fearless Movement Collective, the home of queer fitness and health. And here's your host, Bowie Stobar. Hi there, welcome to Non-Gendered Fitness. This is episode 36. My name is Bowie Stover. My pronouns are they, them, and I am stoked to have you join me today. This show is recorded on stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty never was and never will be ceded, and I pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. This episode, friends, we're going to be talking about kettlebells, and particularly the Russian style of training with them, because they are the whole reason that I got so into training in the first place and why I became a coach. They are that amazing, in my professional opinion. (laughs) I mean, I will say, when it comes to kettlebells, though, I am a little bit of a purist. You see, kettlebells are a cast iron ball with a handle and you swing it about. You know, it's a pretty simple weight the techniques not so simple but there are a lot of different types of kettlebells out there from when they first started to now there's competition bells there's a solid cast iron bell which is my favorite there's bells that look like monkeys heads they've been molded in this way there's bells that have got concave sides that take out the roundness there's all these variations now i 100% believe that the very best bell that you can get is a standard cast iron bell. There's no need to mess with what doesn't need messing with, in my opinion. (laughs) And because kettlebell training was developed in a way that relied on having a wide base at the bottom and a handle at the top. So when we go and start changing those things up, we actually start influencing the whole technique that we're using. And that can be dangerous because... You don't know how you're going to be able to control it in the same way necessarily. Safety first. When it comes to kettlebells especially because they are a training tool that can actually cause quite a bit of harm. That can injure people and I know folks who have been hurt by them when they have not been taught how to use them safely. So kettlebells actually have a massive history, right? When the first kettlebell was created, it's kind of debatable. There's research that goes way back and there's been kind of kettlebell type items found from like imperial china the scottish highlands from the scottish games from way back in the day and even so far back as like classical greece i mean it's a weight with a handle it's a pretty basic object that i think is pretty easy to have designed and it's not surprising that throughout history there has been these implements that kind of resemble the modern day kettlebell in the way that it is now It was around the early 17th century that the story goes that the Russian farmers used to use kettlebells, known back then as pood. (laughs) I love saying that. (laughs) And a pood is 16 kilos or 35 pounds around there. And they were used as a weight for measuring out their grain to sell at market. And... When they weren't using these weights as an implement for market, they found that they could swing them around and perform feats of strength. 
And some say this is where the original Russian strongmen came from. I don't know if you've ever looked back and seen some of the wild stuff that those strongmen from back in the day could do, but it was pretty amazing. And a lot of them did actually use kettlebells for it because they're very easy to swing around. They're very easy to get up into the air once you have that technique down. Now, it wasn't until the 19th century that a doctor for the current czar at the time actually realized after seeing the outcomes that the farmers were achieving from swinging these things around and moving about that they could actually be implemented in a sports medicine space. And that kind of uh, revolutionized kettlebells in Russia from that point on. Now, I'm sticking to Russia because there is a certain technique of kettlebell training that was developed in Russia. It comes from there. Um, it was brought over to the States in the 1990s by a fellow named Pavel Tsitsulin. Uh, he used to train the Russian special forces with kettlebells. That is how badass they are. <laughs> and he brought it to the States in the 90s in the form that it was developed over the early 19th century up until this point. And it has some very specific techniques. It's a very specific style. And it is very unique to Russia in that respect. Now, Pavel Tsitsulin is a fellow who trains the American Special Forces. He trains the Secret Services. He's uh, an elite trainer that is really specialized in kettlebells and what they can do for a person's body. And... Once it came to America from the 90s onwards, it's just grown as a trend when it comes to kettlebell training. They went from being pretty ambiguous and kind of a few people knowing about them back in the day to now being something that you generally are going to find some kettlebells in any gym space that you go to. I mean, it doesn't mean they're going to be good kettlebells <laughs> and they're not necessarily used because most people still aren't necessarily familiar with them, but they are around and that is very cool. Now... You might be wondering why I'm sharing all of this stuff with you. And it is because I may be just a little bit obsessed with kettlebells. <laughs> and it's because a kettlebell itself is a simple tool. It's a round thing with a handle. It's really basic. But the fundamental movements that you develop as you train with a kettlebell, far from basic super technical and for me when I started training I found that really interesting I know I've shared with you in the past when I first started training and learning the very fundamental movement for kettlebells which is a swing which is essentially where you take the weight from the ground you kind of come into a hip hinged deadlift type position you swing it back through your legs and then drive it up using your hips so it's all a hip drive, drive it up to chest height and then swing it back down through your legs and it becomes like this large pendulum motion. Now, when I first started training, I could not get this moved down. It took me months, I think about three months of trying to even get one swing that actually resembled a safe movement that I could practice. And it was so challenging for me that I almost gave up, but it was so challenging me that it made me want to keep going because it wasn't easy. I was training, but I wasn't thinking about training. I wasn't thinking about the physiological outcomes of the training. All I wanted to do was practice this technique so I could get it down. So for me, that's what inspired me to train. Is I was, a, I was so interested in learning these techniques and 
the physical results were just a byproduct of learning a technique. And for me, that has kept me inspired for seven years now. I've trained pretty much exclusively with kettlebells for the whole time I've ever trained. And it has helped me look how I look now. I have good lean muscle mass and it comes from kettlebells. Kettlebells don't build bulk. They build lean, strong muscle and muscle endurance as well. And it was these things that I developed just from learning these techniques. So once I got that swing down and once you do a movement and you can spend so long practicing and practicing and then you get that one move right, it is the best feeling in the world. Feeling yourself getting that technique after so long of just practicing and practicing and feeling like you're not going to get it. That's why I've kept on going and that's why I've kept on learning the kettlebells and using them and it's why I still, after seven years, am not bored <laughs> with training with them because it's just a way of training that's so focused on developing a technique as opposed to focusing on let's look at doing this thing just for a physical outcome. In my respect anyway, like I, that's what I think and that's how I view kettlebells. I know there's some people out there who probably just think the kettlebell is a great tool for getting lean, for getting better cardio capacity, because it is. But if you look at it from a point of view where you have to earn every technique, you can't just pick that bell up and do the thing. It's not going to happen. And that's really neat because that keeps it more interesting. If you were to go to a gym and just pick up some dumbbells, like it's not a technical move to stand there and do some bicep curls, like hold the, hold the barbell in your hand and bring your fists up to the front of your shoulders and just curl, bending at the elbow there. It's not a technical move. And that's great for people because if someone wants to start something straight away, awesome. And there's not always going to be access to kettlebells around. So they are a great option. However, I think that it can get really dull and really boring. And the purpose of those movements is very much a, this is going to give me this physical outcome. So there's nothing really there if you're not motivated by just bulking up or getting more muscular in that way, then it's not necessarily going to be so inspiring after a while. And I think that's something to really look at when it comes to training. It's like, well, what do you want to do? You want to stand there and, and move things in isolation, knowing that our body never moves in isolation. That is another one of the cool things about kettlebells. It takes hours to earn these techniques. And I mean hours. I have spent thousands of hours under these bells. And I have not enjoyed every moment, but I have at the same time because it's been worth it. Because now I have come to a point where I've mastered these techniques with certain weights. And that's the cool thing, because once you get good at a technique with one weight, then you just increase the weight a little, whole new thing, right? It changes everything, and it changes the way your body moves, it changes the way you have to do everything. So it's never just a repetitive drill where you're just stuck in this one place, because as soon as you add a heavier weight, and heavy weights are so fun to swing around, <laughs> makes everything different. And it's so rare. And you can get them in a bunch of different ways. They're like Pokemon. You've got to get them all. <laughs> I started out with just, a, with just a few and now I think I've got about 22 of them. Mostly in pairs because kettlebells are designed to be used one in each hand, which makes them even more badass. And which is why strongmen use them because they are very much movement. You can juggle with them. You can actually not like juggle a ball, but you can throw them up and catch them and do all sorts of wild stuff with them. And it's really rad. 
Now, being able to do all these techniques and whether it's juggling, whether it's just going through the standard movements that you will with a kettlebell, they work your whole body. Now, I mentioned just a moment ago that when it comes to dumbbells and stuff, a lot of it, a lot of those weights are designed to be used in isolation and they are used for mass gain, which is great. And, you know, for some people that is their goal. But that is not the only way to train because our bodies never move in isolation. Anytime we are standing, we are using our whole body to stabilize, to brace, to balance, to move. Our body never moves in isolation when it comes to any sort of physical activity unless we intentionally make it that way. And a kettlebell takes advantage of that because anytime you use a kettlebell, it will ask you to use your whole body. And that is so good for us. Moving our bodies and moving our whole body at the same time in unison in these techniques that you can develop is really beneficial for your body. It teaches you so much awareness about where your body is in space because the movements are also technical because you've got to be so present when you're swinging a bell, for instance, which is the most common move that's done with them. It is the fundamental that every other technique is built off. You've got to be present because if you are not present, if you're not mindful of your posture, if you're not mindful of your balance, if you're not mindful of your breath while you're doing a swing, there is potential there to cause yourself harm. So this is a great tool for building self-awareness and connection with your body. And the more we use these movements as a full body movement, the more we develop these neural pathways, the more parts of our body we use, the the clearer these parts become and the better the messages can get to the parts of our body and the more control we have over our movements and the safer our movements get and just the better connected we get with our bodies. And for myself, that was one of the raddest things that I developed over the years as I've been working with kettlebells is an ability to move my body, be aware of my body and control my movements in really subtle ways because I've spent these years moving my body as a whole unit throughout all of my training. Now, another one of the cool things that kettlebells will teach you is developing tension in the body, as in bracing. When it comes to certain techniques, I just mentioned that we use breath as part of that because there's a certain breathing pattern that you develop when it comes to training with kettlebells. And it's Well, it really goes with any sort of lifting a weight. You should always exhale as you're lifting a weight. And I don't mean exhale like you're blowing out a candle. Exhale forcefully through your teeth like a tss, like you're making a T and forcing it through your teeth. Because when you do that, test it out. Try it yourself. Put your hand on your stomach and just blow like you're blowing out a candle and your stomach stays really soft. But if you bring your teeth together and like force a T sound through your teeth, your stomach will automatically become tight. And that is what you want when it comes to training. You want to be able to brace and bring that tension to your body, particularly your core, because when we have a tight stomach, when we do a movement, then we have a safe back. And that is what it's all about. (laughs) And not only that, once we learn to develop tension in our body, we can start to borrow tension. And it's really cool to develop these sorts of little subtle ways that you can actually learn to shift more weight, which is pretty cool. And little things that I've learned like that, that have kept me inspired to train 
particularly with kettlebells for the last seven years (laughs) because it's amazing what our bodies can do and it's amazing what our bodies can do when we can connect with them and we can experience different ways to move in different positions while using a weight and there's nothing more badass than taking 20 kilos in one arm and pushing it straight up over your head it's pretty rad (laughs) now The very shape of a kettlebell is so unique and adds to training because the weight is a ball and it's offset. When you hold a dumbbell, the weight is evenly distributed on either side of your hand, right? When it comes to a kettlebell, you hold the handle in your hand, but the weight itself sits down on the back of your arm below your wrist. And it wants to pull your arm in an outward movement away from your body. And if you're holding one in each hand, you've got two opposing forces wanting to pull your arms out away from your body. So being able to brace, again, we're coming back to that development of tension because being able to brace and hold an offset weight in front of your body and maintain posture helps to develop so much strength. And that is one of the most unique things about a kettlebell is that offset weight and the tension that it requires to brace and move and hold in those positions and that is where so much of the strength you develop with kettlebells actually comes from. Now there's organizations out there who have started to develop modifications of the kettlebells. I don't know if you've seen them around those kettlebells and the roundness has been taken off and they're concave on the sides so they look like a kind of a weird rectangle that's had its sides pushed in a little bit. Well, I get their concept of you're still able to swing the weight, but the fact that they have removed the offset of the weight completely changes a technique. It completely changes the outcomes that you're going to get in your body. And they did it because it's more comfortable. Because when you're holding a bell in what is called rack, which is the position I've described, elbow bent, fist in front of your shoulder, the handle is in your hand and the back of the weight, it sits on the back of your arm, on the, on the outside of your arm below your wrist, that roundness, it presses against the back of your arm and it's uncomfortable. (laughs) But the longer you use the weights, the less uncomfortable it gets until you don't notice it. After a while, you just don't notice it. But when you're first training, it can be quite uncomfortable holding bells in these positions. So I think part of the thing that they've done is to make it more comfortable for people is to take away that roundness. But you've just essentially changed the whole purpose of the bell, the whole way you can use it and everything about it. And that's disappointing because then you don't get to experience the full joy (laughs) that is the kettlebell and the strength and tension you have to develop and working through that discomfort because that's part of it. (laughs) Sometimes training is a bit uncomfortable and not just because it's hard work, but because the bell might sit against your arm in a little bit of an uncomfortable way. But it is not bad for you. (laughs) <laughs> makes your arms tougher but I get some people don't want that and that's totally cool so there are other options out there but be mindful that if you have looked at a bell that has taken the roundness out and you go for those cut in sides then it is going to change the whole way that you will use that bell now you really only need one kettlebell and that's super rad I mean they're better in pairs so you can have one in each hand but to start with You only need one. They are designed to be used one-handed for extra fun times. (laughs) You can use them two-handed, especially when you're first learning. Always start with two hands on one bell. Now, 
when it comes to using a kettlebell, I know I've shared a lot with you about the Russian style, and that is because there is a really stable foundation when it comes to using a Russian style of kettlebell training. As in, as I uh, expressed to you, when you come to a swing, you come to hands to chest height only, never higher than your chest. So arms um, straight out in front is the highest you will ever swing the bell. Now, there is another style of kettlebell training after it came to America, which is the American style of kettlebell training, and they have changed it up, and they will do things like swing the bell and bring your arms all the way up to straight over your head and hold the bell bottom up, straight up above your head and do every swing like that. Now, I do not think that that is a safe technique. I think it really compromises the thoracic spine, which is kind of the mid part of your back because you're bringing the bell up just to a point that it's not necessary for it to go to. From chest height to overhead in the swing, you don't actually get any extra benefit from the swing because the swing is all about a hip drive. It's legs. So the bell doesn't need to go high for you to get more benefit from the bell. All you're doing is potentially risking your back health because you're bringing a weight to a point that just doesn't need to go. Now, another big movement other than the swing that the American style has changed up is a movement called a Turkish get-up, which is where you lay on the floor with the bell on your side, you roll over on your back and you press the bell up. So you've got the bell held above your body and then you hop off the ground the whole time holding the bell up over your head. Now, there's some subtle differences with the American style and the Russian style being that the Russian style, you'll roll to your side and you actually use your free arm to help press you up as you hop up off the ground. Whereas the American style, they ask you to kind of sit straight up without using your free arm for support. Again, this can be really unsafe on your back. And I know there's people out there, but it's a big CrossFit thing that use this American style, but there I feel is more harm that can come from these styles and these little changes than there is benefit. So be mindful that when you're learning kettlebells, if you're learning from someone like a coach near you or on YouTube or whatever, be mindful that those techniques where you're bringing the bell up to overhead in the swing, or not using your arm for support in the Turkish get-up, they can be risky for you. And there are going to be coaches out there who will teach you the American style of kettlebell training. And, I mean, they're going to think that that's the right way to do it. And I can't fault them on that. You know, if that's what they've learned, that's what they've learned. But after seven years of training and after seven years of training with a Russian-style kettlebell and seeing the benefit that comes from that really technical safety focused style of training i would not recommend training in that american style simply because it's giving you more risk than what their outcome is worth because you don't get any extra benefit from doing it in these ways but that is just my own personal opinion as someone who is a russian style kettlebell trainer <laughs> so i will acknowledge that there is bias there but i have spent thousands of hours under these bells i have spent so many years training people in these techniques to see that you can train in these ways and I have done it with every client being injury free using kettlebells and that is something because it, they are a risky tool and people who don't necessarily have the right understanding can hurt people and I've gone and worked with other coaches who have hurt their clients using kettlebells from not using them safely from not understanding the techniques and from asking them to do stuff that they don't necessarily understand themselves 
You can't teach kettlebells unless you've spent a lot of time under those weights to know the techniques, to know how it should feel, to understand what movements look safe and what movements don't. It's really important. They're just a dangerous tool. They can be. For someone who is unskilled, they can be really dangerous. And I'm not trying to scare anyone here, but I just have a full understanding of the risk that can come when a person uses a bell that is too heavy for them, that is beyond their skill set, or if they're being taught by someone who doesn't actually understand the safest ways on how to use a kettlebell because they are super technical. It's what makes them fun, but it's also what makes them a little bit riskier and less safe than using dumbbells and stuff like that. So just be aware. If someone has done just a weekend course in kettlebells of a coach, if you go to a coach and they've done a weekend course in kettlebells, I would rethink whether or not they're the safest person to train with because it takes more than a weekend. I guarantee if you want to train with kettlebells, find someone who has done the RKC, which is Russian Kettlebell Challenge, or who is Strong First certified, so I'm RKC certified, or Strong First. They both developed by Pavel Tsitsulin, the chap I was talking about earlier on who bought kettlebells to America or has been he may not necessarily have bought them there, but he's he's the one who's best known for his kettlebell training. Now, he's developed both these courses, so they are solid. They are not weekend courses. <laughs> I trained for seven months to be able to go and get my certification, and I still didn't pass it the first time because I injured out. I hurt my hand. In the middle of the certification, I ripped some calluses off. It was sucky times. <laughs> but if you are going to train with someone from an RKC or Strong First certification, these people have earned that certification. You don't just get it handed to you because you show up to the training day. You can fail. You go there and most people want... I, I trained for my certification with 11 other people. On the day, two people passed because they don't just hand this out because these certifications understand the hazards that come with training with kettlebells and the necessity for really good technique. So if you find a trainer and you're going to train with kettlebells who has one of these certifications, I 100% guarantee you they know their stuff and you are going to be safe learning kettlebells from someone like that. So be really mindful when it comes to training with kettlebells that you're finding a trainer that understands these techniques because I, I know that these trainers don't intentionally want to hurt people, someone who doesn't know kettlebells and they've done a course and, you know, for all intents and purposes, they are certified. They've gotten the piece of paper that says otherwise. However, these are a piece of equipment that is so technical that it really just requires a lot of time working with them to truly be able to understand them to safely teach it. And it's often just subtle things in movements that can cause harm to people and You've just got to be mindful of that. So <laughs> RKC certified people, SFG certified people, they're going to know kettlebells, friends. So I strongly guarantee you. And you can find them online. You can go to the RKC website and the SFG website. I will put links in the show notes for you if you want to go and check them out because they have big lists of where every certified trainer is. So you can find one near you. And if you can't find one near you, I happen to be RKC certified and I can train you online. <laughs> so so feel good about asking me if you need some help. If you're just interested, I'm always happy to talk kettlebells. If you can't tell, 
I love kettlebells. <laughs> I am always happy to answer questions about kettlebells. If you're interested in starting it or you want to know what you can do, ask me, friends. I would be so happy to chat kettlebells with you. Now, let's look at what we've touched on today. It's been a very big and exciting episode, if I do say so. I'm just always excited to talk about kettlebells. <laughs> we've looked at what a kettlebell is. Cast iron ball with a handle. Does not get any more complex than that. They are low maintenance as well as a nice little perk there. I dropped one once on a cement driveway and dented the driveway. The kettlebell was fine. They are <laughs> the toughest piece of training equipment that you will ever find. They're great. No maintenance. No moving parts. You can shove one under your bed and that's where it lives. They're really compact. They're so handy. We've looked at why they make excellent train tools being that they develop excellent strength. And I'm a big fan of developing strength in the body. I mean, muscle mass is great and all, but strength is what keeps our bodies going. It's what keeps our bodies safe. Cardio capacity, because they get your heart rate up. It's a little bit different to how steady state cardio gets your heart rate up. Uh, a little bit of a difference in techniques there with time under tension versus steady state, but still very beneficial for your cardio health. We've also looked at finding a coach with the right expertise. So important, friends. I've seen way too many people get hurt by coaches who just don't have the right understanding. And I'm talking like bulge discs, like, oh, really, really horrible stuff. You don't want that. It's scary to see that this sorts of harm can happen to people who are just trying to get active. So be really mindful of that. You've really got to be safe with the kettlebell. Don't be scared. Train smart and find the people who fully understand the techniques, fully understand the training tool, and you're going to stay safe. Friends, if you're enjoying the show and you like what you're hearing, I would absolutely love it if you shared it with other people who you think this may help, who, you know, maybe they want to get moving. Maybe they just want to hear about transitioning or just listen to someone talk about, <laughs> talk about transitioning, training, and give them some tips on what they can do for themselves. I would love it if you shared the show, share it around friends, anyone anywhere groups spread the word non-gender fitness is here for everyone now you can find all these details in the show notes and you can find those show notes at our website www.fearlessmovement.co if you want to ask me some questions about kettlebells you want to catch up just say hey you can go to facebook at Fearless Movement Collective, and you can send us a message there. You can find us on Instagram, which is where we are most active, by looking at Fearless Movement Collective at the handle fearless underscore movement underscore co. Non-gendered fitness at non underscore gendered underscore fitness or me, Bowie, as the dot no dot p dot envy. Now, till next week, friends, remember, getting some movement into your life is great, but finding the ways to do it that you are passionate about is even better. So find the things that excite you and pursue them, regardless of how they may be or how long it takes. Have a rat as day pals. Right,